0: You're listening to The Revision Path Podcast, a weekly showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. Through in-depth interviews, you'll learn about their work, their goals, and what inspires them as creative individuals. Here's your host, Maurice Cherry. Welcome to this week's episode of The Revision Path Podcast. My name is Maurice Cherry, and this is our 25th episode Wanted to change it up a bit. We got some new intro music. I'm doing a little bit of talking now before, so just bear with me here. Hopefully, you guys like it. Uh, Again, 25 episodes. This has been just a really crazy ride. Thank you so much to all of you that are listening, that are downloading, that are subscribing to the podcast, and especially to all of you who have left just such great reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. You guys are awesome. Just want to go over a couple of quick points. First, there's the new website. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, just go on over to revisionpath.com, click around, look at the big audio player, look at the nice pictures, it's really great. Secondly, we're looking for interns, Uh, so if you're a college student listening to this and you want to work with us for college credit, just visit revisionpath.com forward slash internships and apply. We're looking to start with some interns on June the 1st, so you need to hurry up and get those applications in. Uh, Let's see what else. Uh, We're currently accepting guest bloggers for the Revision Path blog, so If you love to write and you're passionate about design or web development or entrepreneurship and you want to get a message out in front of our audience that you think they would like, just check out revisionpath.com forward slash write-for-us and send us a pitch. Um, Again, that's revisionpath.com forward slash write-for-us. You can also just go to the Revision Path website, scroll to the bottom of the page, click the write for us link. It'll take you right to that same page. And lastly, don't forget to check out our fundraising page on Tugboat Yards. Thank you so, so much for those of you who have donated already. Your money is going to go directly into improving Revision Path. You can visit revisionpath.com forward slash donate for more information on how you can help out as well. This week's episode is brought to you by audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com forward slash revisionpath. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from. This weekend I was out of town. And on the trip, you know, back and forth to Atlanta, I listened to Mike Montero's Design as a Job, which is a great book for any design entrepreneurs out there. You should totally check it out. You can listen to any of these audiobooks on your iPhone, on your Android, like your Kindle. I was listening on my iPad mini, for example. Uh, You name it, any device. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash revision path for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. All right, now on to the show. This week I talked with David Yard, a graphic web designer, front-end developer, and one half of the creative strategy and branding firm called Sevenality. Here we go. Okay, so tell us who you are and what you do.
1: I'm David Yard, uh, actually one of those weird people with a silent letter. Um, (laughs) And uh, I'm the founder uh, of a design firm uh, specializing in branding in the Central Florida area. And uh, pretty much aiming every day to do something different and better the community around us. Uh,
0: What's the name of the design firm?
1: Uh, It's called Sevenality.
0: Sevenality. Uh, Where'd that name come from?
1: Uh, It just kind of came from seven being the perfect number. I mean, it matches with things like numerology where, you know, you have everything being lucky number seven um, and things like that. And just really trying to hone in on making sure that each project experience is, you know, perfect for that ideal client.
0: Okay. And you, you started this with your wife, is that right?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, we've been working together off and on for the past like five years on various different projects, and you know decided that you know since we're doing all these things together, and it's really fun when we do, uh, might as well we just go ahead and really make something awesome, and you know be able to be around each other and do that on a day to day basis.
0: Is she a designer also?
1: Yes, yes. Oh, she nice. uh, specializes in print design, which comes in very, very handy because I'm horrible when it comes to font choices.
0: So she's kind of the you compliment each other in that way. That's good. Yeah, yeah. How did you decide to sort of start 7 Now? Did you both decide that you would start your own business together? How did that go?
1: Well, we'd always dreamed of having, uh, you know, our own firm. Um, And we did the usual route of working in advertising agencies for startups, and I mean, that feeling of owning something is something you can never really replace in any other situation, Um, no matter how much a person is really paying you to get that job done. I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of like their name going on it. And we just wanted to kind of leave behind, you know, a legacy for future generations of something different that can be done and, you know, benefits communities.
0: How did you first get into design?
1: Uh, It was back in, I would like to say, high school. Um, It was a simple class that I took and fell in love with it. And then they kind of had a uh, basic web development course as well. And then when I figured out that, you know, designs could be made interactive. It was just kind of like heaven opened up and poured out lots of joy in my soul. (laughs) Um, So it was, you know, from there, I would, you know, kind of lock myself in my room and mom would even ask if I'm alive because I'd spend so much time, you know, whether it be Photoshop or reading and just kind of developing out that skill set. And then later from there, moved into more uh, professional space with that as well.
0: What are some of the professional spaces you worked? I remember seeing on your website that you've done some design work for the Walt Disney Company.
1: Uh, yeah, that was uh, during a time at an advertising agency. Um, but career wise, it's covered everything from real estate to insurance to startups to uh, even upholstery clients. I mean, it's very, very robust all the way around.
0: Mm hmm. Now, you say you're in Central Florida. Are you, like, in Orlando? We're we're part of Central Florida.
1: Uh, I'm specifically located in a city called Celebration, which is... Oh, uh, I've I've heard
0: of Celebration. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's a really nice place to get a lot of creative work done. Um, I mean, even if I'm out, you know, on my patio working at, like, 1 a.m., I could see Dare running down the street, which is really (laughs) weird the first time I saw it, but... (laughs) It definitely puts a new perspective on things.
0: So what's the central Florida design scene like?
1: Uh, at this point, it's, it's kind of growing. Um, I mean, I remember two, three years ago, there wasn't really a whole lot going on. You definitely have to do some searching for it. But uh, over the past, you know, especially year and a half, the entire tech community here has been really banding together and growing. Um, so you'll find, you know, Everything from, um, let's see, like paper shops coming together and throwing events um, all the way through to, you know, startup companies doing like their presentations. So it's definitely picking up in terms of like, uh, I guess, involvement. Um, But then it's still kind of a little bit behind as well, where not a lot of people understand the value that design brings. Uh, So we definitely have our work cut out for us here.
0: And so, I guess, does that mean you just have to educate the community about what design is? How does that How
1: does that go? Yeah, um, actually, pretty much every one of our projects that we've worked on, and especially within the past six months, a lot of education goes into it. Um, most people, you know, hear that my I need a brand, or I need a logo, or I need a website, but that's as far as they really know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's a lot of it really goes into. Educating them on what their website can accomplish, you know, establishing proper goals, um, being able to track the metrics of any design campaign that you're doing. Um, And you'll even see, like, that light bulb going off in their mind where, you know, you tell them, you know, if you're doing a very consistent brand campaign, you know, everything from your logo to your messaging and tone and your colors all have, you know, some sort of effect, whether it's emotionally or psychologically on your target market and they just like sit there looking at you in awe like you've presented them with, you know, gold or something. So it's it's definitely rewarding to be able to, you know, help people understand what it is that, you know, the web and design can really accomplish. So let's talk a little
0: bit more um about branding. I know on your website you call yourself a multidisciplinary creative with a passion in branding, which it certainly sounds like you have that What does branding specifically mean to you?
1: It means a lot more like delivering on that promise. It goes back to really simple things. Like, you know, growing up, you'd make promises with your friends. Pinky promise, I'll do this or that. Um, And then you kind of become known for whether or not you deliver on that promise. Um, And then now, you know, as we all are more grown, it's definitely the same. If you promise that you're going to, you know, ship a product out within 24 hours and you don't ship it till 72 hours later, then you're not really, you know, delivering on that promise, you know, within your brand. So it's, it's a lot more of who you are. Um, I believe a lot in the transparency factor of it, um, letting people really know what you're trying to accomplish, sharing your story behind it, um, and just being, I mean, straight up honest at the end of the day.
0: What brands do you think are getting it right?
1: Hmm. I don't know. It's been a bit interesting lately. I would definitely say Chipotle has been uh, one of my favorite brands lately, um, along with Wawa. Um, They kind of came in and disrupted the space, um, especially when you're buying gas. It's one of those things where you never know what kind of experience you're going to get when you walk into that kind of like convenience store area. Um, and Wawa has definitely had the most consistent you know, experience, no matter if you're here in like central Florida or if you go over to like Hawaii or wherever, you know, they have other locations, you know what you're going each and every time. Mm-hmm. Um, people are always friendly. Um, they're always willing to kind of go the extra mile. Um, and even, you know, simple purchases like paying for gas, they make you feel like, you know, you're special in doing that. Um, so I definitely tip my hats off to them in what they're doing.
0: Now, on the flip side of that, what brands do you think aren't doing it so well? some improvement?
1: Uh, I would definitely say Walmart. Um, it's kind of a hit or miss sometimes. A lot of times, you know you walk in. the employees aren't always really friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really care to help you. There's not really a way to properly navigate like the store. Um, experiences are always different so if you go to a store here or if you go to one you know in another state it's kind of like okay well where is like cleaning supplies and you realize it's like on the opposite end of the store than what you're really used to um, so definitely a lot more consistency in that aspect but um, I definitely no, do know as you know a company that huge it's sometimes a little bit difficult to really keep that thing going um, so so For the most part, I would definitely say Walmart could use a lot more in terms of improvement in that aspect.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I don't really, when I think of Walmart, I guess I don't really think of good branding when you say it, when you put it that way. But Walmart just sort of seems like a loveless place anyway. So maybe that just kind of fuels it because like all of the commercials, everyone's all happy and we're saving you money. And then you go in the store and it's like, nope. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's kind of scary because like you see the ads and you're like, "Oh, I save this much on my bill at Walmart." And you're like, "Wait, wait a second. If I go to Target, I'll probably get this item cheaper." Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't really feel that happy. Like I need to find that Walmart where you're so happy. So, it, it's definitely quite interesting.
0: So, with with Sevenality, is a lot of the work that uh you all do is it mostly with branding, like how do you choose your clients?
1: Um, A lot of our clients find us via either word of mouth or, you know, active via one of our profiles on Twitter. Um, We specialize specifically in branding and make sure that it's consistent, whether you're doing video campaigns for your brand, um, anything print related, and make sure that not only, you know, the services in-house that we offer can provide that to you, but that the partners that we work with believe in, you know, having a very consistent brand experience as well.
0: I got you. And a lot of the partners that you work with kind of fill in the gaps of different services that you may not offer?
1: Yes, yes. Um, So we rely, you know, heavily on photographers, um, videographers, uh, content marketing people to really, you know, expand upon the vision that we kind of set the tone for in the beginning. Um, And then, you know, having an understanding of what they do and how their craft is done uh, really goes a long way. And, you know, telling them what we're trying to accomplish and then being able to say, yeah, we totally get it. This is what we have in mind. You know, how do you think about this? Uh, And let's get started. And, you know, in most cases, we can even just say to, you know, one of our partners, hey, we really want to accomplish this really awesome video campaign for a particular client. And we really love your work that you've been doing uh, because we try to keep in touch with them really often. Even if we don't have an ongoing project, it's very important to maintain that relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And they'll come back to us, you know, usually by the end of the day and say, hey, these are all the ideas that we have. I mean, it's so much so inspiring and so easy to work with you guys that, you know, take your pick of what you want us to, you know, really do. Um, So we found that, you know, maintaining that relationship with people and just, you know, making sure that they feel appreciated for their craft uh, goes a long way.
0: Uh, What sort of projects are you currently working on?
1: Uh, Currently, we're doing some work in the fitness and faith-based sectors. Okay. um, And also quite a bit of work in the uh, early childhood education sector as well. Um, you kind of feel like these are very fundamental aspects of culture, of life. Um, I mean, you go, you drop your child off at daycare, you know, what kind of environment is that going to be? Can I trust the people there? Is my child going to be better at the end of the day? Um, and you know, going to church is not always known as something really grand and glorious to do. Um, so really focusing on building out the communities where people actually take the time to care about others. Um, is also very important. Um, and then fitness really, really is kind of like something that we enjoy. Um, we like the benefits from it, not just, you know, going out running or eating healthier, but also like your mental health mm-hmm. um, and how that really relates to how effective you are, at what you do every day, how you relate to others around you. Um, and we found that, you know, by focusing a lot more in that, aspect that you know we can build better communities if we just take the time out to care so yeah.
0: speaking of i guess that community and taking time out to care do you do any sort of uh, mentorship for designers maybe that are coming up in the generation behind you
1: uh, it's actually really great that you asked that we're working on a youth mentorship program which will uh, kind of introduce the various avenues of the creative field to the generations that are coming up behind us. So, a lot of times, you know, kids are like, oh, I don't want to be, you know, just a graphic designer. I want to do something a whole lot more. Um, And then kind of showing them the tools, the, you know, things that they really need to pay attention to along their career path to, you know, become a creative director, for instance. Mm -hmm. Um, And then showing them that you don't have to just be a doctor or a lawyer to really make an influence on life, that there's so much more that you can do. And we found that there are a lot of young people who, Are really really creative and it's you know it's really exciting to see that their mindset about the world is to make it a better place and you know they get a lot of bad rap that you know all they care about is you know living crazy or doing that whole weird YOLO thing. But a lot of them actually, you know, like really, really care about like their families, their friends and their communities. And uh, just being able to provide a platform that they'll be able to do that and actually have fun and, you know, do something different in their generation is uh, really exciting.
0: Uh, Sort of reminds me of the Interact project. This is a a project that's done out in California with Maurice Woods, who is someone else that we interviewed. And he he uh, helps mentor and talks to a lot of, I don't know if it's mostly inner city kids, but I, I know it's young kids talk to them about design and sort of get them in the mindset that this could be something that is a, a viable career path. That is something that, that you can do, which I think is, is very important. You know, pretty much at that young age when creativity is this, really boundless unlimited kind of resource yeah Uh, because i feel like the older we get the more we tend to get burdened by you know society and bills and everything so it's good to sort of get that spark going uh at a young age i think
1: yeah yeah and uh you know in our local community we found that there's not really much of that outlet um, and we're losing a lot of talent in this particular area. So being able to, you know, have them kind of retain talent in our area and really grow it out um, is definitely something that we hope that, you know, this program will accomplish as well.
0: When you say losing talent, you mean they're just they're moving out or what's happening?
1: Yeah. So they'll go to, you know, let's say our local school like Full Sail or UCF. And then when they're done, you know, they'll maybe end up in some place like San Francisco or Austin or New York. Um, and then what happens here in our local market is you just kind of, you know, take your pick of who's left. Um, so it's really been a struggle over the past few years where, you know, the opportunities for them to really – um uh, expand their creative like mindset and career path uh aren't really abundant um so to kind of make those a lot more stable and a lot more um available for them to you know partake of is uh one thing that my personal um goal has been
0: why do you think they're leaving is it just is the local environment not sustainable for designers
1: um I would say it's a little bit of that and then also opportunities for them to really dig into the creative field unless you're working at you know like an advertising agency which um, a lot of those have some kind of weird standards and who they really bring in like unless you know someone then you really aren't going to get your foot in that particular door Mm -hmm. Um, and then you know from the aspect since we have a lot of uh tourists that kind of pass through that whole transient mind frame kind of uh permeates all the way through where people are like well you know all these people aren't sticking around so why should i um and then a lot of them are kind of running away from the whole tourist mindset where oh i have to work at one of the major parks to really be you know someone or that's the only way i'm going to get by in this town um so I guess a lot of it is awareness that you can do a whole lot more um, where you are, and if you really want to go away, you can. Um, we're not going to look down on you for that, but we also want to keep as much of that talent here locally as possible.
0: I got you. Uh, do you do a lot of speaking? Um, I guess. Well, I guess in terms of like and, what you're talking about with with kind of retaining people, do you do a lot of speaking locally about? Design? Are you really active in the local design community?
1: I am. um, I'm actually. Breaking out of uh, a little bit of an introverted mindset myself, uh, I guess extending myself out of my usual comfort zone. Okay. Um, so it, it's definitely been an interesting journey on my part, but definitely bringing more awareness to you know the local community that yeah you know design is really cool. It can help you accomplish really really good things. It can connect you to various audiences. Um, it's definitely been one of my you know personal missions as well. Um, and then coming up over the next few weeks, I actually do have a few like local speaking engagements, uh, meetup group-wise, to kind of show people what can be accomplished, whether it's on WordPress, which is you know a platform that I really enjoy developing on, um, or just general design and user experience of different things that I've noticed over the course of my career uh, that someone else doesn't have to go through that struggle to really learn as well.
0: It's funny you mentioned that about introverts. I'm kind of an introverted person as well. And I feel that a lot of, I think I say maybe within the past year or so, there's been a lot of buzz about introverts, like they're this like weird species of people or something but that need to be understood in a special um, kind of way. How would you define being introverted? And what are some of the biggest misconceptions about introverts?
1: Um... I would definitely say that we're not weird at all. Uh, We just tend to be a lot more observing of our surroundings Mm -hmm. versus interactive within them. Um, So we're really great at like seeing that big picture, seeing those little nuances that most people will just kind of pass over um, that can really make or break, you know, whether it's a project or a community. Um, For me personally, it has been more of, I guess, really, I guess, illustrating what I'm trying to say to someone, because a lot of times I can, you know, think out an entire, you know, scene or project when it comes down to like, you know, talking to someone about it, whether it be like a group of people tend to get kind of scared and say, oh, well, what are they thinking of me or what, you know, is really going on? Mm -hmm. And those little things that you would really notice just by observing It kind of gets amplified when you're in front of, you know, a group of people and speaking and then you're wondering what's really going on in their minds. Um, And so I would definitely say, you know, to a lot of introverted people, don't be afraid of others because a lot of times, surprisingly, they're facing the same struggle that you are. Um, and it's just a matter of even saying hello. I mean, it it could be really awkward when you walk into a group of people and you don't know who to like initially talk to, Uh especially if you don't know anyone in that room. So you just kind of, you know, sit by yourself and wonder, oh, uh, who do I really talk to? What do I really do? Uh, but, you know, just saying hello and, you know, it gets easy. Um, and then there was an app that I use called Lyft where every day, I kind of had this challenge to talk to one random stranger, which at first I was scared out of my mind because then I'm thinking, oh, well, what if this person just hits me and tells me, you know, to just go away? Uh-huh. But um, I would start like if I was in the elevator, it's like a really great place because that person can't go anywhere until they get off on their floor. <laughs> so you could just kind of say, oh, you know, something, start with even if it's the weather or, you know, oh, you know, hi, how are you? Um, And you'd be surprised at how people actually respond back and be like, oh, you know, I'm doing well. And even if it's just, you know, a 10 second conversation that you've had, um, you keep doing that every day. And then little before you know it, it's easier for you to walk into a group of complete strangers and just, you know, start talking and then by the end of the night, you realize that, you know, you may have talked to like 50 different people. Uh-huh. Those are, you know, 50 new contacts that you can continue developing relationships with. Um, and then, of course, it gets even easier because now you start to know those people in a way more personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely would say, you know, just get started in that aspect. It doesn't have to be anything complex. You don't have to jump in front of a room of like a thousand people and deliver some exceptional speech. You just start with one person and then work your way up from there.
0: Now, the design community, and, and this is just based on, I think, my observation of design media and conferences and things like that. But the current design community seems to really be built for designers that are willing to like put themselves out there, whether it's uh, social settings or projects or, or things like that. Um, It sort of brings to mind this article that was written by Paul Scrivens of Drawer, where he he was talking about minority designers and and saying that, you know, the reason that you don't really see a lot of minority designers is because they don't market themselves very well. They don't put themselves out there. What do you think the design community could do to sort of better cater to introverts? And the reason I'm using introverts here is because um, sort of what you were mentioning before about stepping into this environment where you may not know the person that you need to speak to or things like that. I believe that maybe if you're a designer that's entering a space where you're the only one, like, you know what I mean? Like you're the only person of color or you're the only woman or something like that. It can tend to bring up these introverted behaviors that might get, you know, mischaracterized as being shy or being timid, but it's more so that you're just not sure how to Kind of enter the scene what do you think the design community could do better to cater to that
1: um i'd definitely say like our whole class system could kind of go away Mm -hmm. Um, i mean a lot of times it just kind of seems like you know unless you've i guess accomplished something major or won an award that's when you get your audience um but then i guess a lot of times people just don't realize that there's so much work that goes into it beforehand um It kind of goes back to earlier where you were talking about the whole relationship aspect, where you're building up relationships with people and just being yourself. Um, I mean, from my point of view and kind of going through things, it has been, you know, from being introverted, it's kind of just like, well, I'm new to this area or new to this group. I don't know, you know, where to get started. I don't know who to talk to or even, you know, how to do it. But a lot of it, you know, can be solved with just believing in your craft. I mean, no one, you know, became overnight success, no matter how, you know, our tech scene really portrays that. Mm -hmm. Um, They may have been, you know, struggling to do something at one point, and they just kept at it. Um, and doing it each and every day and regardless of what other people think, just believing in what they're doing and striving to be better um, really can help, you know, push that person to a lot more confident area. Um, and then when it comes to, you know, like being in a person, a uh, person of color um, in the design industry, it, I guess it kind of we take that mindset where we're just not good enough to do something. Um, and a lot of times that really limits us in what we can really accomplish. Um, I know that's something that I've personally struggled with because we see all these examples of people who are doing really great things, but then we don't really see anyone like us in that environment. Um, and so we wonder, is it, you know, a matter of, you know, people just not wanting to acknowledge that we're there, or are we just not, you know... Shrugging it off and saying, you know, what, I'm really awesome. And I'm going to do it. And, you know, regardless of what anyone else wants to think, mm-hmm. um, I'm just going to be amazing because I'm not doing it for anyone else but myself and or, you know. My only person that I'm going to answer to in this particular situation is God and he's given me these talents He's given me these gifts and I'm going to use them because if I don't then you know, what's the purpose of me being here? Um, So it's definitely a lot more going into that self-confidence kind of mindset Um, And then just being able to say you know what I'm gonna do it even if it's not, you know, like dribble worthy it's something that you know, I'm proud of because yesterday I wasn't able to do that, but today I was able to do it, and I feel good that I've you know accomplished that. So
0: yeah. Uh, who are some of your mentors? Who are some people that you look up to?
1: Ooh, that's that's a tough one. Um, one of the most recent people I would say that I've found to be very strong in terms of like mentoring um, would definitely be a guy named Sean McCabe. Uh, he goes by Sean West, I mm-hmm. think that's his website. Um, And he kind of really strikes me as this really like down-to-earth type person that may have struggled with something in the past Um, and, you know, kind of used that and leveraged it to, you know, just be awesome in the end and not really care. Um, Mentorship-wise, it's a lot of local people like friends and family, uh, my mom especially, You know, just kind of seeing how, as a single mother, she was able to do a lot and really just be awesome in every aspect and how people loved her. Um, That was really, really inspiring to me. Um, And then I would definitely say it's a lot of, like, family and friends that I've kind of just grown to appreciate the way in which, you know, they've strived to be different overall.
0: Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Will you continue to grow sevenality?
1: Yes, yes. Um, sevenality, I would say, is going to be my legacy. Um, and not just my legacy, but, you know, me and my wife's legacy as we go through time. Mm-hmm. Um, because design has the ability to change someone's life. Um, regardless of it's like, you know, a project that we're working on or if we're doing something internally, there's so much that can be accomplished just by, you know, illustrating that through design. Um, So, I mean, over the next five years, you know, things that I really want to see flourish that come from under the sevenality umbrella would be our youth mentorship program um, and avenues for people to have design at their fingertips and not be scared to, you know, really share their story with the world. Five years from now, I definitely hope to be in front of a lot more people to share that story, especially the journey, you know, being an introvert from day one till then. Um, And then just having fun at what we do each and every day and making sure that it's of value to each and every person that we interact with.
0: If there's any advice that you would give, and I guess this might also be along the lines of uh, the introverted stuff that you talked about before, but if there were advice that you could give for an up and coming designer, uh, what would it be?
1: I'd say get off of dribble. Um, it will <laughs> definitely, I mean you can, going there for inspiration every once in a while is really good, but if that's like where you're really going to start your projects off from, you're kind of gonna get a warped mindset of what you yourself can really accomplish if you just, you know, go with that particular idea. Um, I would definitely say just start. Like you'd say, oh, I'm not good enough to do X, Y, Z. That doesn't matter because most people who are doing that particular thing now, they weren't that great when they first started, but they kept at it. Um, So just start anywhere. If it's, you know, just opening up Photoshop and writing out a couple letters and then, you know, closing it, coming back, you know, adding something else to it, you know, and then continuing that process. Don't stop. Don't give up. Because at the end of the day, the world needs you. It needs you to be awesome. It needs you to believe that you can make a difference. And um, there's this really great quote that, you know, I came across. It was by, I think, the Dalai Lama, where he said, you know, if you think that you're too small to make a difference, try going to sleep with a mosquito in the room, like, (laughs) it it makes a lot of sense, I mean, and you really think about it, you're like, oh, I'm just this really, you know, small fish in this really huge pond, no one's going to notice that I'm not there, Mm -hmm. Uh, but people do notice, Um, and that was something that I struggled with, you know, a lot of times, and I still do struggle with that now. Um, People even come to me and say, hey, you know, I saw your portfolio or I saw you at this event and, you know, I really was inspired by something you did. And I'm like, really? Like, I feel like I was a complete failure in that aspect. And they're like, no, you just, you know, really inspired me to pick up a project that I, you know, threw away a few years ago and make something of it. Um, and not be, you know, afraid of failing in that aspect. So, yeah, just start somewhere. Um, Be awesome. Believe in what you do. And practice, practice, practice.
0: Nice. Good advice. I like that. So just to wrap things up, where can our audience find you online?
1: I'm most active on Twitter, and my handle there is S M Y. Um, And then it could also be found either at my personal portfolio, davidyard.com, or on uh, 7ality.com, where we kind of post projects, blog posts, and stuff like that.
0: Sounds good. David Yard, thanks for taking your time out of your day for talking with us. I think that a lot of the stuff that you said about introverts, specifically being an introvert and a person of color... Uh, it's just really important information to get out there. So thank you so much. I
1: appreciate it. I appreciate you having me.
0: And that is it for this week. Big thanks to David Yar. That was a really great interview. And of course, thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash revision path and pick up that free audiobook and 30 day free trial. Help spread the word about this podcast. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, give us a five-star rating, and leave us a review. Revision Path is a 318 media project. If you like what we're doing with this podcast and want to show your support, visit us at tugboatyards.com forward slash page forward slash and show your support. You can sponsor an upcoming episode or just leave us a tip in our tip jar. All proceeds go directly into improving the quality of Revision Path. Thanks again so much for listening and we'll see you next time.